This morning, um, two weeks ago, I shared a message entitled, God Needs You. Two weeks ago, I shared that message, and um, I'm going to share with you the same exact message that I shared two weeks ago, because I just, God wanted me to tell you again that he needs you. But I, but I want to look at this verse of scripture before we jump into this. I want to look at this verse of scripture, just in case some of you Bible scholars know this verse. And... Um, You know, the, the, the fact that there are, there are certain verses of Scripture that say certain things, then in the back of our mind, when you hear something that, well, God needs you, well, there's a verse of Scripture here in Acts 17. <clears throat> Acts 17 and verse 25. Now look at verse 24. God who made the world and everything, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needs anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. We see in that verse of scripture that it says that God doesn't need anything. God doesn't need a thing. And I'm telling you, that's absolutely true. God doesn't need a thing. And I'm telling you, he doesn't need you and I. But pastor, you just got through saying God needs us. But I'm telling you, God doesn't need you like he's lacking something. Okay? God is lacking nothing. He is that he is and he's always been. And when God does something, he, when God does something today, it's something that he's already done. God's done it all. And in my message here, I'm mentioning to you three things that God can't do. And one of those things is, God can't lie. And see, with you and I, we have the potential to lie, and we have to choose not to. God doesn't even have the potential to lie, because He can't. It's not that He could, but He chooses not to. He can't. See, so his whole nature is different, and we've been created in that, and so we become like that every day, and without him, we can do absolutely nothing. You couldn't become, you couldn't come from where you've been to where you're at now and where you're going without him because he is that he is, but I'm just telling you, I'm telling you that he chose to need you in the earth. In other words... In other words, what he chose was a partnership. And he chose you and I to be partners with him to accomplish something in the earth. And so it's kind of like this. I kind of view God like this. So he's kind of sitting over here watching us and he's telling us, listen, I need you. I don't really need you, but I need you. 
I don't really need you, but the deal is, I want you. So I'm changing my title today just a tad, and the title is, God Wants You. He needs you. Because the fact that he can't lie, and he sets something up a certain way in the earth, and he can't lie, he can't go against what he set up. And if he set things up a certain way, and he said, this is the way it is in the earth, then you and I, man, we got to tap that. We got to understand what that is, and we've got to understand it. When I came into the, when I came in to the kingdom at, at about 18 years old, I knew absolutely nothing about God. I'd not been, the only time I'd ever graced a church was a Catholic church in Mesilla Valley in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and I went in there and I was so wasted. I didn't know what you did in the church, and I, I, when I got in there, I thought maybe God was going to kill me, and when I got out of there, I couldn't. I, I was so thankful that I didn't die when I was in the church, like lightning was going to strike me because of where I was, you know? And so I, I didn't know anything about God. And so one day, I got born again, and, and that day is when my journey began, and that was 35 years ago. In fact, I told you, I lied to you last week, see? I didn't mean to lie. See, I just thought I was just wrong, you know. But I've been saved for over 35 years. Come on, just, you know, give God a, an extra year. <clears throat> anyway, I know you're tired of me saying how long I've been born again, you know. So I'll just shut up about it. Anyway, so, man, think about it. God wants you. Man, you know, one of the biggest problems with most people today is self-esteem issues because they feel like nobody wants them. Nobody values them. Nobody wants their attention and their time. Nobody, so, so many people don't feel valued by someone else. Many times spouses or friends or, you know, parent-children relationships, people, for whatever reasons, you know, sometimes they're, they're justified, but sometimes it's just the enemy lying to people because they don't know any different, and they just, they feel like nobody wants them. I'm telling you today, whether anybody else on the planet today wants you or not, or you think they want you or not, I'm telling you, God wants you. He needs you, and he wants you. Amen? So, I want to just look at I want to, if you were here two weeks ago in this message, um, you'll, you'll, you'll remember a few of these, but many times you hear something once, and if you haven't heard it again, you forgot about it. So just act like you've not heard this before. Amen? So Genesis 1, I got a little bit of ring. Tone me down. Genesis 1 and verse 26. And the Lord God said, let us, the Lord God said, let us, God's a three-part being, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. So when he created man, he created man as a male and a female. When he, when in, in the first creation, before there were two separate beings that were made, created in the flesh, before he breathed life into their flesh, he already had it set up. He created, he created man, it says here, I'm just reading exactly what it says, he created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, man, but he created him, male and female, in his creation, right? So, in chapter 2 and verse 19, so we see that man was created in the image of God, not, not after the, I mean, if you take literally what the Word of God says, we were not created in the image of an ape, of any kind of animal, a tadpole, you know, a pine cone, I mean, not, nothing. We were created in, in that, in the image of all the rest of creation, we were created in the image of God, and then he gave us all the rest of this stuff. But notice what he did here in 2 and 19. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So, right there, I, I mean, I, I know this is a, I mean, you've got you to work this out in your thinking, but right there, what I see that he did, that God did, and I want, you, I want you to really grab a hold of this and think about it for the rest of the day, into this week. Right there, God chose to partner with Adam. Otherwise, he would have named the animals, he did all the creation, he did everything, it's okay, Adam, I'll take care of everything, and you just enjoy everything. And, and he did. He created it for our, all of creation. reason that you like so, much, so many things in the earth is because God created everything for your enjoyment. But he created man for something more than just enjoyment. He created man for fellowship and connection. And right then, right then, I believe is where the partnership between man and God started. So he said, whatever Adam names them, whatever he names them, that's what they'll be. And, and I, I kind of made, made a joke the other day when I preached this before that, you know, that's probably why that's probably where the word hippopotamus came from, you know? If God would have named the hippopotamus, he would have named it, you know, which that's what hippopotamus means, but big wet animal in water, you know? <clears throat> and not hippopotamus. But if you think about it, Adam had no education. He'd been to no universities. He knew nothing except God. Zero. So, so what did Adam name those animals with? God. He named those animals with the God that was that he that he was that was in him, that ruled him, that controlled him, that 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 was his very creation and essence and being. He named those animals with God. They be, they became partners right then. Okay. 
And we know the rest of the story, and we're not going into that today, but the rest of the story is that Lucifer, who was kicked out of heaven, came and he deceived man. He, he deceived Adam and Eve, and they chose to do what God told them not to do. They, you can have everything and do anything you want, just don't mess with that tithe. Anyway, we won't talk about that. But don't mess with that tree in the garden. Don't mess with that thing right there. And, and you don't need to know anything else about it, just don't mess with it. And, and that's where Lucifer, who became Satan, that's what he did is he led them to the thing that God said they couldn't and tried to get them to believe that they didn't have everything that, they, everything that God was was in them, tried to get them to doubt their very existence. And you know what? They gave up the authority that God gave them, but God's never taken that authority back. And when Jesus Christ came, and, and, and it's, I, I love this time of year, the next two Sundays we We've got messages centered around what Easter really is and what it means, <clears throat> because it talks about what Jesus actually accomplished, but what he accomplished was bringing and reconnecting that partnership between God and man. And for 2,000 plus years since Jesus went to the cross, he went to the grave, he went to hell, rose on the third day, ascended at the right hand of the Father, and it was declared that that work was finished, and now God and man are back together spiritually. See, because that's where they were. That's where they were in the garden. They were connected spiritually, and then now there was a breach. They were separated spiritually, and now for four thousand years in the earth of the record that we have, man had no connection with God other than through blood sacrifices. Well, Jesus became that ultimate blood sacrifice and reconnected God and man. <clears throat> Now, the deal is, you and I have got to understand that God needs us in the earth, or if not, everything would have been wrapped up in the first 30 days. After the ascension upon high, if, if God didn't need man and he got reconnected, then we annihilate everything else and God just takes his man and does what he wants. But God had a plan in the beginning, and the plan... The moment Jesus said it's finished, the moment it was declared that his work was finished, then that plan went back into action. And now, and now, what our responsibility is over 2,000 years later is to realize that there are things that we've got to get a hold of on a day-to-day -day basis. We have to realize that God needs our hands, he needs our Minds, he needs our spirit man, he needs our bodies, he needs us doing in the earth what he wants. And if we don't do what he wants, then what we do is we hinder the partnership. You know why? Because God's already done his part. His part has already been accomplished. So now it's about you and I connecting with what he says is so. Now, Mark chapter 6, look at this real quick. Mark chapter 6 and verse 5. Look at verse 4. 
Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. He could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He could do no mighty works except that he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. It, 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 I mean, doesn't that sound strange the way that's worded? He just laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them? You, you know, that, that's not what he wanted. You know, you know where, where he talks about the greatest manifestations, where, he, where you see the excitement in Jesus? is when the woman with the issue of blood, I mean, whether she was going to be stoned to death or whatever, made her way through the crowds to touch the hem of his garment and healed in the name of Jesus. And what did she say? Or what, what was said? Your faith has made you whole. There, there was a connection. She connected her faith with his faith that already was intact. And when the two connected, bam, something happened. What does that sound like? It sounds like a partnership. But if Jesus could do no mighty works because of unbelief, if Jesus, the third part of the triune being, could do no mighty works because of other people's unbelief, there, there has to be something that we've missed or that people miss at times, and so we've got to understand what it is that we've missed. If unbelief can stop things from happening, then you and I have to work on making sure that faith begins to arise in us and we destroy unbelief. I mean, everybody's got unbelief. Everybody has unbelief. Every human being has unbelief that's in their life that they have to be rid of. Everybody. And everybody at different levels. There's different levels of unbelief. And when you find yourself believing or stepping into new territory in your life, that, man, there's, there's major challenges that are there. If you've never been born again and you've just been born again for a short period of time, man, there's challenges about just even understanding that some of the things that we're saying today even is really true or not. Is the Bible really true? Because if you've, if, if you've lived any time on the planet and you haven't been born again and then you get born again, I'm telling you, Everything in the world's going to come against you to try to get you to believe that this isn't the only way to God. Now, we're not here to debate and argue with people and, you know, fight with people over the ways to God. I mean, that's, that, that's between them and God. What we've got to do is believe what the Word says, okay? When, when I see that the Word says that the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, the only way to the Father, okay? I, if someone asks me the question, how many different ways are there to God, I'm going to tell them one, okay? Now, if there's some other way to God that I don't know anything about, that God had set up out there, that's why I don't need to mess with trying to prove everybody else wrong. I just have to believe this. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. If you're spending your time trying to prove everybody else wrong and that you're right, God doesn't need that from you. The God of this book right here, he's already right. He's right and he knows it. And he doesn't need you to, to try to enforce that he's right and other people are wrong. He just wants you to do the right part. 
See, that's, that was the mix-up in the garden. Don't mess with the tree of what? What was the tree? It was a tree of knowledge of what? Good and evil. Well, God's good, and there's no evil in him. And there was evil, but all God was saying is, you don't need to know the evil. Or why would he tell him not to mess with that tree? It's the knowledge of the battle between good and evil, right? Like Darth and Luke. You, 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 you don't need it. You don't need to know the good and the evil part. Well, yeah, you know, we live in an evil world, yeah? But you, you know what? It, what's so funny about that is when people come to God and they get born again and they lived a hellacious life kind of like I did, and, and we lived it in all the bad, then what God's saying is you don't need to focus on the bad, you need to focus on the good. And what'll happen is the good will deliver you of the bad. You don't have to try to not be bad. Well, we, we, we can't have you here because you're bad. Bad? We're all bad. We're all bad to the bone, right? We're all bad. Everybody's bad. Everybody's got bad nature on the inside of them because of what we're born into. But we were created in the image of God, so all good is what's in our spirit, and all good will deliver you of anything that's bad that came as being born into this ugly nature out here. The Bible says that Satan is the God of the world system, and he's trying to deceive you into believing that you don't really have a partnership with God. That, you know, when something bad happens, well, you know, God's just looking at all those mistakes that you've ever made, and that's why that happened to you. I mean, I, I don't find that. From Matthew to Revelation, I don't find it. I don't find that. I know that things that we continue to do open the door to situations happening, but bad things don't come from God. God is good. And you and I, to be partners with the good God, we've got to understand good. And we've got to do good, and we've got to do what's right, and we've got to understand that He needs us in this partnership in the earth because He set it up this way. Not like He needs something because He's lacking. He needs you because he set it up to partner with you. That's why he gave Adam the authority to name the animals. And that's why through Jesus Christ, now you and I have the authority in the earth to do certain things. And I want to look at just several of these verses as, as we go down this list. So, three things that God can't do. I mentioned one of them, that he can't lie. The other thing that God can't do is he can't change. If he said it, it settles it. You know what's so good about that? Years ago, as I came out of the life and the world I came out of and into the world of the kingdom, and I didn't understand things, but I didn't know how to get rid of the past, I, I, I heard a verse of scripture that has been one of my favorites all through the years. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what's happened is through the years I've broken that down and, and at different times, at different times I've looked at the fact that I can. Then at other times I've looked at that verse, I can do all things. I can do everything. There's not anything that I can't do. Then other times I've had to look at, look Bert, yeah, you can do this, but you can't do it without Christ, without the anointing, without the empowerment that comes from him. That's the amazing thing about the word. If he said, you can do all things, 
through him who strengthens you, then you know what? Listen, it's, if, you ta- if you take that, if you take that, and, and, and you run with that, and you don't let go of that, and you make it your own, and you let that revelation become real in you, it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time for something that appears to never be out of your life to be out of your life because of the empowerment of God. That's the great thing about the word. So when you find something, I'm not talking about, you know, pulling something out of context. I've never heard anybody say something this stupid, but I've heard other people say that other people said that, you know. And I heard, I heard uh, Kenneth Hagin years ago, he's not alive anymore, but he, he was real instrumental in my life where the word was concerned. And I heard him say that a guy came to him one time and he brought this scripture and he said, you know, God gives you the desires of your heart. And the guy was married, and he said, uh, I-, I want my neighbor's wife. Now, I've never met anybody that stupid, you know? I mean, I've met guys outside of the kingdom that, that, that thought that way, but I've never met anybody in the kingdom that was that stupid to take a verse of Scripture to have someone else's wife. Anyway, you can't take this thing out of context. That's why you got to know him. See, you got to know what it is that you have. See, see, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So next Sunday, I tell you, you know what? I'm not pastor anymore. I'm fixing to be a spur. Yes. I'm going to take David Robinson's place. Tim Duncan needs me, and I, I'm, I'm, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. I, I, I can do it. Now, you know... I wasn't half bad in my day, you know. I, I, you know, in my day, I, I thought I was better than I was, you know. But, but I wasn't half bad, okay. But I, I'm just telling you right now, there ain't no way. Hmm? And, and if I came up with some goofy idea, why? It's because I heard a verse of scripture, and I began to apply that verse of scripture. You see, I'm going to apply that verse of scripture with an unrenewed mind. See, because God wouldn't tell me to go join the San Antonio Spurs, you know. I mean, you know, unless they go ahead and offer me a big contract, you know. I mean, I, I won't be walking on to the San Antonio Spurs because that's stupid. I mean, I don't know any other word to use. That's the, 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 that's the kindest word I can use right now. That's pretty stupid, you know, because that's not what I'm called to do. Okay, but when you're flowing with God and God reveals things, the Bible says he will give you the desire of your heart when you cultivate faithfulness in him. So when you're connected with him and you're connected to him and you're in Christ Jesus, you can do all things that he tells you you can do. See, there's a partnership there. So we don't just run off trying to do something that that's not what we're called to do. We got to be connected with him. Can you say amen to that? Okay, so. He can't change. He can't lie. And the third thing, and there's other things. Somebody else mentioned some other things to me too. But these three main things is God can't think. And and the reason God can't think is because God doesn't reason. Because everything is. You say, you, you ask, if I come to you and ask you the question, uh, Joe, you think you can make the spurs? Well, God doesn't do that. Celtics, maybe, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> it's a good answer. 
But, uh, but, but God, so, so God can't reason so he doesn't have to think because he's already thought it through. See, what you and I have to think about, what we have to weigh out is the difference between soul and spirit. And see, he's given us his spirit, his word, to be able to know the difference between what the spirit is and what the, the word of God is saying to us. So we reason with him. So we come into a place where we are in session with him and we're deliberating with him and we're learning to know who he is and what his plan is. And he's told us, God has told you and I, that his desire is to fellowship with us, to be connected to us, to be one with us. And the reason he wants to be one is because he wants to give you what the plan is for your life that he had planned for you even before you were born. Now, the Bible says that. I'm not just dreaming that up. The Bible says before you were even thought about, he had a plan for your life. And that's what he wants to reveal to you. So no matter where you've been in your life and where you were raised and who raised you or anything else, doesn't mean that what you're doing and the direction you're moving in today is, is necessarily the plan of God for your life until the Holy Spirit connects with you. And that, that's kind of scary to people. People don't necessarily like that. But see, see, God has a partnership that he created with you and I, and to be a real partner with God, okay, We've got to understand him and connect with him. You know why? Because he's building his church. We're the church, but he's building it. But our, our commission, the great commission, is to make disciples of people. So we connect with God. We fellowship with God. We know how we, we learn to understand the difference in his voice and all the other voices that are out there. And when we learn to understand those voices and we connect with his, we learn, we learn to understand the difference in the voices and we connect with God's voice and we do what he tells us to do, then we can help other people through examples in our own life to follow after this plan of being in partnership with God yourself. Amen? And that's what the kingdom is about. My challenge to you is for you this year to go after one and develop relationships with them. And in, in, in the weeks and months to come, we're going to have different connect groups, but there's no reason for connect groups until we go after people and develop right relationship with people and realize that we're in this partnership with God and God is not going to see people turn from their mess if you and I don't do our part. I mean, it's just plain and simple. So when I do my part, you know what happens? His part kicks in. That's right. It's not God's waiting for you to do something and then he's going to do something. God's already done it all. And you've got to understand that like you've never understood anything in your life. What's not releasing in your life today? It's because there's some things in you still being worked out. God's not a bad God. He's not holding anything back from you. Even when people tell you God's holding something back, he's not holding a thing back. Everything he's ever done is available to everybody. He's no respecter of person. But what he is a respecter of is people that develop their faith in him. That's what he, he's, because developing faith and confidence in God releases the will of God. The will of God begins to be released. And that's what people in the earth are seeking for. Big old hole on the inside of most people on planet earth, saved and unsaved alike. Because so many people, and I think it's changing, but so many people in days past have not known how 
to seek God in such a way that they begin to have purpose in fulfilling the plan and the purpose that he created for them. So we reason and we try to figure things out. And maybe this is right. And maybe this seems right. And maybe, maybe this will work. Well, you know, crap, I've tried 14 other things and maybe this will work. I'm telling you today it doesn't have to be that way. The only problem with that is, the only problem that most people don't like is that God's plan takes a little bit longer because it takes the time for you to get it right, and then you go out and do it. Then you take a step in that direction, and then it begins to, things begin to happen. Things begin to evolve as you take that step by step as a result of hearing from God. Instead of, we're going to go try to make this happen in reason and try to figure God out, and then we make a mess and try to get God to bless it just doesn't work that way. If you're in a partnership with someone, if you've got an LLC and you're in a 50-50 partnership with someone, I mean, you know, you don't just go and do a bunch of stuff and then tell them later. That's not a partnership. Huh? You deliberate together. You spend time and you go over things and you get a plan. That's all God's saying. I got the plan. Spend the time with me and your life will evolve. That's it, Pastor? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's it. It's just, it's just in these 66 books right here. Hmm? Man. You know, you come across a passage in there when you're reading the Bible, you know, and it just doesn't make any sense. So, so, so Pastor, I got to wear my hair in a bun, you know? I mean, that's what they did right here. They rolled the, the hair up and they did it. And, and anybody that does that, that's fine. I mean, you can wear your hair however you want to. But I'm talking about whole denominations do those kind of things. You know, or I, have, I can't wear this or I can't do this thing. It's not the I can'ts. This book is not a book of I can'ts. This book is, you, you I mean, you want to wear your hair in a triple bun. Man, wear it. But wear it in faith, man. I mean, do it because you're, you know that's what God's telling you to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? I, 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 after I said that bun thing, don't get anybody get upset or I, I'm not against any, what anybody does. I don't care what you wear. What's that? Look at, look at my daughter. She's got a bun. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I didn't even realize you, you were bunned up there. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, so it, 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 do whatever you're going to do, okay? But let, let's just... Let's just do what we're doing, and let's do it by faith. You, you know, when I, when I came into the kingdom, you know, I was a, I, I was a, I was, I don't know what I was. I mean, I really don't even know what I was. I didn't, I didn't like anything I did. I just did what everybody else did, you know? I mean, I did drugs because all my friends did drugs, and that's just what we did. We drank because everybody drank. You know, we partied, stay out all hours of the night. I mean, from the time I was about... 11 or 12 years old, or 10 years old, whatever it was when I, when I started. Everybody smoked cigarettes, so we smoked cigarettes. We just did all the stuff, you know? But, 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 but what was funny is I got born again, and so I hid it all, you know? I got saved. Well, I didn't want people to know I did all that stuff, so I just acted like I didn't do it. But the, the thing now is... Since I went through that whole thing and lived a lie for a period of time because I didn't really want to give it up. I just didn't, I just wanted to know God, but it didn't seem like that was the way to do it. But that's the way to do it. So you come in, you, you come into the kingdom not, not trying to get good enough to come to God. You come to God to get empowered to get good. 
I know that's bad English, you know, but <clears throat> I didn't do real good in English in school. So anyway, you, you know what I'm saying? You come to God to get the goodness of his word to make the changes. And, and, and listen, I, I don't, I, it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Because my faith is, my faith is in this. You get in this thing, and it'll change you. I'm telling you, it will change you. You spend time focusing more on the mistakes you've made and where you're at right now and how you don't think people accept you the way you, you are right now or the things that you do, you'll never get free. And you'll never, you'll never stay around a place like this because you think everybody's judging you for what you do. I'm telling you today, we can't judge people for where they're at. We've got to develop relationship, and we've got to let the good things in us that have become concrete and real come out of us in a natural way where people want what you have. Huh? Man, just lately, I've hooked a couple of people, man. I mean, boom, I've hooked a couple of people that I've spent a lot of time with. But you know what? I've never spent any more than about three minutes with them. Not any of them. Not any of the people that, that I've seen one in, in the last few years in my life, just, just out in the community, I've not seen, I've not spent any more than about three minutes because most of the time I spend time with them going through a drive-thru. Hey, how's it going? But over the last year, one guy that I spent time with, just it, it's just, there was a connection. And so as we go through the drive-thru and get whatever, you know, and, and I see the guy, we just talked for a few minutes. It just led to one thing and another thing and another thing. And then I had lunch with him this weekend. Man, just things just bam, bam, bam. You know, that's the way it works. It's a natural thing. It's not something that is forced. It's not something that we have to do. It's not something we got to make people change the things that they're doing in their life. They won't change. The more you try to change somebody, they won't. The more you pray for them and live life around them and let the goodness of God come out of you. In fact, the scripture says in Romans 2, 4, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance in their lives. Amen? So that's what we've got to do. That's the people that we have to be. Can you say amen to that? And the more we're that kind of people, the more we're going to see people's lives transformed and changed. And I'll tell you what, when you get in the flow, when you get in the flow of going after somebody and finding people out there that need God, and you develop a relationship with them, what happens is you get free of things in your own life. So you're sitting across the table from somebody and they're telling you something they've been through. And all of a sudden you start telling them, yeah, well, you know what? The Bible says this. And then all of a sudden in your mind you're thinking, yeah, but I'm still doing that. And so here you are challenging somebody that you're still struggling with something. All it's going to do is help you get over it. You don't run away from that. You don't, feel un don't, don't allow yourself to feel unqualified because you still, because we're all dealing with something. Everybody is. So just keep pressing into that and, and, and get excited about winning people to a kingdom and a way of thinking and doing that will prosper their whole life in every way. That's, that's the kingdom that we're talking about. So God can't think. And let me just give you these last couple of verses that I want you to think about as, as I end this message. I... I'm not going to look at Psalm 115, but go, go look at Psalm 115, 15, and 16 just later on if, if you're looking up verses. And it says that 
the earth is the Lord's and the fullness. Or, or the, I know, it says the heavens are the Lord's. Ah, go there. Let's read it. <laughs> Psalm 115 <clears throat> and verse 15. Psalm 115 and 15. May you be blessed of the Lord who made heaven and earth, the heaven, even the heavens of the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. The earth he's given to us. The things that you see happening in the earth that are not good, it's not God, because God's good. Things that are happening in the government, People starving, people being murdered, our end it, the, the end it deal that we had at Shriner College this year, 27 million young people, mostly girls that are involved and connected in human trafficking, those kind of things that are going on in the earth, it's not God. No, what it is, is the lack of humanity partnering with God. The earth, he gave to you and I. We have a responsibility. And these few verses to prove it to you as we end. Luke 16 and verse 14. This is at the end. This is the Great Commission. This is part of the Great Commission. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. This is Jesus after he was resurrected. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, and on and on. And notice, and they, they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. See, so in other words, God needs your hands and your mouth and your life to do certain things. Part of the Great Commission is that what needed to be accomplished, he needed us doing what we're supposed to be doing. But he needs us to believe it first. And the believing process is all about relationship. You and I believing that he has called us to be partners with him. And when we get born again and filled with the Spirit and the Word of God becomes life to us, that we truly can do all things that we've been created to do. And in that partnership is where God's, God's whole heart and desire and, and joy is in seeing the manifestation of heaven on the earth. Because Jesus brought heaven to earth, now it will be manifested when those in the earth that he gave authority to will do their job. Amen? And it's not a condemning thing, it should be a challenging thing to get to understand this. You and I need to understand how important it is that we partner with him. And then Matthew 16, and I'll end with this. Matthew 16. And verse verse 18. This story here, he he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? Uh, And they said, well, that you're Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, um, John the Baptist, Um, But he said, who do you say I am? Peter jumped up and he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, 
Peter, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. In verse 18, and I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock, the rock, not Peter, but the revelation that Peter got from the Father. He said, on this rock, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that God is building. If we're building the church, gates of hell are going to prevail. God's building the church and we're doing our job of making disciples, then God can build the church with disciple people. Yes? And he said, I, I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind will be bound and whatever you loose will be loose. Listen to verse 19 in the Amplified. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Kind of like the mayor giving you the key to the city. What does that mean? Well, for a day, you can go anywhere and do anything, and everybody will buy your lunch, and everybody will do those kind of when, when people are given the key to a city, it's open to them. What God has done is say, I've given you the keys, okay, but you've got to unlock what's already there. And notice in verse 19 of the, in the Amplified, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind, whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven, and whatever you loose or declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. That's the authority he's given us. He's given us the authority of heaven. Get out. I mean, honestly, we've been given the authority of heaven. And so what we declare to be improper, we see something that's not right. Well, that's, it better not, if you're going to declare something, then it's got to be what's not right in heaven. Or if you're going to lose something to be a certain way, it's got to be what God already says is so, but also, a step further, it's got to be what God told you to declare improper or proper. This is right or that's not right. That's why we got to have relationship with Him. That's why we got to be connected to Him. Today, the title of my message has been, God Needs You, but... I altered it somewhat to tell you that God wants you. He wants you because he wants you fulfilled because when you and I are stepping in the power we were created to operate in, then anything else we do will be so much more magnified. We're not here just to exist and just to work a job or just to have a career. But our jobs and careers and everything, when the supernatural is on what we're doing, I mean, there's no end to what can happen and what can be accomplished. Can you say amen today? Just bow your head just for a moment. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the revelation of, of this word. I heard you so clearly from this word as you begin to show me how you wanted this spoken, these two messages as I've shared them. <clears throat> and as, as you gave this to me, I heard your heart that you don't need anything but you need us and you desire us, you want us, you created us. You created us to be in fellowship with you. And Lord, today, I know that that's true. And I thank you as the people that are here today and anybody through, through the word online or any other way that people can get this word, anybody that hears this word, I thank you, Lord, that it challenges them and, and that it causes them to go inward and, and to look at themselves and to be challenged by your word instead of being pushed away from it. There'll be a supernatural challenge and desire 
to grow in the things of you, Lord, to understand you more every day, to understand your ways so that we can be the blessing to humanity that you created us to be. And this day, I thank you for that empowerment arising in your people. We go past our natural thinking and we draw from our spirit man all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the understanding. Today, Lord, I give you praise and I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, that people are being saved and healed and delivered in this day and hour. People are coming from not enough to more than enough. People are coming out of situations of having sickness and disease in their body and coming out of that into a place of health and healing and wholeness. Lord, we believe that. But I believe that your people are anointed. Their hands and their feet and their mouths are anointed to speak and declare and to do what you tell them to do and that signs will follow as we believe. Today we just honor you and we give you all praise and glory and everybody said amen.